One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up everybody? It's Joel Lacomer. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers podcast. As always, I'm with my guys, Mr. Matt Welty. How are you, buddy? Good morning, America. It's an early one. Very, very early. And of course, my man, Brendan Dunn, straight from Brooklyn. He's excited about James Harden possibly going to the Nets. We're going to be at the Barclays in 2021, aren't we? I'm glad, Joe, I'm glad you said that that's what's happening because I see all this basketball stuff on my timeline yeah. and I don't have an exact, I, I never see the headline. I just see the tweets about it. So James Harden to Brooklyn. Okay. Yes, I, um, I'm thrilled. Hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but it seems like it's going to happen. So we're going to be at the Barclays. We may be at we may be in the executive suites by 2021. The best tweet I saw about it is that uh, Brooklyn's already known for exposed brick uh, apartments. Uh, okay. There he goes. <laughs> there he goes. Joe, let me ask you this. When we go to these Barclays games, when mm-hmm. we're on the floor, when we're in the suite, when we're sitting mm-hmm. next to David Willennis, um, where are we eating before and after? Do you have the whole night laid out or do we not want to expose the spots that we're at? You know where we're eating before. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a nice early mm-hmm. early Italian early seventy five to eighty year old Italian dinner, which they eat at four thirty sometimes. Okay, <laughs> this is how your people do it at Queen yeah. at Queen Italian Restaurant, and then we're gonna walk to the Barclays, and then at night. Okay, I got to figure out where the nightcap's gonna be, but uh, maybe it'll be open somewhere. Up treats for us up the street. You never know. You never know. Might go to Safra and get some uh, Persian dessert. Absolutely. Okay. And the other thing I want to ask you, Don, now that I have you, did you get your PS5? I saw you soliciting. Did you get the PS5? <laughs> I have to be totally honest here. That was a favor for a friend. Okay. That was not for me. Here's a story for you guys. <clears throat> the last time I played a PlayStation or owned a console, I was playing Tekken 2. It was either Tekken, wow. 2, or Tekken 2 or Tekken 1, and I used to play with Martial Law. And he did this move where he would flip and just kick the guy in the face. It worked every single time until one day it didn't work. And I was very frustrated. I took the CD, yeah, the PlayStation, threw it against the wall and it, shattered it. Yeah, <laughs> shattered, it shattered into 15 pieces. And those were the last days of my uh, PlayStation oh, career. So I pivoted to Mario Kart 64. But yeah, so no more PlayStation for me since then. Something I think we should talk about. Speaking of me saying good morning, America, I want to talk about this guy who goes sneaker shopping with Kamala Harris. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. This guy. So famous he forgot it. Joe was on Good Morning America. I did that yesterday, and it was, um, you know, to be honest, I wanted to use this background, but it was over Zoom. It was tough because you couldn't see them. I was looking into it. Oh, really? It was only audio? 
Yeah, I was looking into a black screen and I couldn't oh see them. God. So it was a little tough, but I wanted to use this background. It wasn't working with the lights or whatever. So I had to do a makeshift thing in my hotel room. But uh, again, I know I have to say it. I know I was speaking on it, but the credit goes to all of us, you guys, the whole group, uh, everyone who did, so many did work on the book. Yeah, so so many names, but um, I appreciate the opportunity and I, I hope I did you guys justice on that. Did you feel disrespected by the this guy uh, headline? I it's funny because seeing it from the outside looking in. Wait, no, what is this? What, I don't what, what, care about that stuff. So 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 like I I saw, why you were saying this guy? Explain yeah, yeah. I don't, see that didn't even the headline. The, he, the headline <laughs> for the story that they had published was the whole meet the man who goes sneaker shopping with Kamala Harris sort of thing. But it was this guy no, who sneaker shopping. I didn't care. I didn't care. I don't care about that <laughs> stuff. The, the, this guy treatment. Wow. I don't care about that stuff. You know, there's other stuff that I'll remember from this week. Yeah. We're but, not going to speak on it. Yeah, but don't worry. We're not going to speak on it, but but we didn't forget it. We never forget. But all props to uh, uh, Good Morning America and the the staff over there. It, it was it was a really great segment. I really loved how they put it together, and it came out really well. So that was that was a really fun opportunity. How early did you have to shoot it? Uh, we shot it at seven o'clock in the morning. So That's two hours later than we're shooting this, essentially. So not as early yeah. as we're recording right now. Exactly. Exactly. And. Yeah, you know, we pivot. We we um we we play through we play through bumps in the road and we pivot yeah. and and sometimes when when we think oh we may not have an episode we we end up with two episodes in we one week shooting. Yeah, we put it together. So, we're still here. Can I mention I I no hiccups today, but there may be a bump because I do have some packages on the way, so I just want to get oh. this is not a gimmick to, in case the doorbell rings. Speaking of packages, I can't I can't say what this is for yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wealthy with some Jordans. Okay, so he texted me about this, and he was like, oh. "I can't talk about what it's for. It's for something." He's showing off some Jordans in our Zoom here. He texted me. He was like, "You know, I had to pick one, and I settled on these." And I'm like, "You settled? Those are one of my favorite Jordans." I know, but that's why I hit you up about it. Made. That's why we I hit you talk up about it. We won't talk about it. But no, I can like, show what the shoe is. It, I yeah. just can't say what it's for. Right. Oh, the one of the best black laser from 2005 right this one is a big of, Puma show oh man one of the size best. 11 size 11 and <laughs> he's getting ready if to you want to sell you bro if you want to sell those i will buy them i will buy them off you we we can figure it out authenticity guaranteed yep um i did a pickup i, I did a pickup this week what'd you what'd you get joe done you don't know about it hold on one sec what did you get well do you know what he got uh no, I don't. Joe just walked away from his mic, so I don't I don't know what he's going to come back with, but I'm excited to see it. So um, we're in LA. We shot seven episodes last week. It was like it, it, it's tough, and I don't know about you guys. Like shooting two in a day, it, it's a gift and a curse because you feel like yes. regular production shows. That's how they do it, and like you Insane. can knock out a season. Yours is a little different because you guys have the news, so it's a timely show. Yeah, but you could. Not it, it, it's a gift and a curse because you're like, I have to shoot in the morning. I have to shoot at night. Like during the day, you're just worrying about the next shoot. But when you could shoot seven in four days and you're like, I have episodes now up until the holiday. Beautiful it's feeling. really, yeah, it's really something to like think about and, and um definitely going to think about it going forward. But it was a great week. Really, really good shoots. Everything went off well. But tell us about the shoes, Joe. Tell us about the shoes. Oh, oh, oh you did tell me about this. You did <laughs> tell me about the, this. 
Okay, so Joe LaPuma holding up a pair of Tiffany Dunks. Anyone who knows knows about the story. I got the fake pair from an old complex sales associate who's not at the company anymore. The toe we still box. can't name that person. No, we can't name. We we can't name can't name him. But does it um, start with an R? No, you have no idea who it okay, is. Okay, okay. And um, <laughs> you know, I remember over summer break, I texted these guys the picture of the shoes that I had, the Tiffany still that were fake, and I was like, "Hey, Wealthy shit. fried you immediately." Oh my, Insta fried. Well, they call. Well, you asked. Well, you would ask. Inst- air fried. The, they call. You're, it. Oh. You were like it. <laughs> you were. You had said, "There's no way that these are real, right?" I know. Just, it's just a and chance. You just, you just, you just saw the leather on it and the way that it was crinkled up. You're like, yes. no, that's not, that's not." Yeah, Nike wealthy, leather. wealthy did not mince words. I think I sent the text. I, I, I don't even think I pressed send. Six thirty-eight, no. and by exactly. six thirty-eight oh four, he sent the but, response. But these shoes were so the section of the store that we shot in, like the the exclusive section. They were just staring at me the whole time, and. They're in my size. So, so I have to ask. How much? Can I ask? It was, a, it was, um, oh, you feel man. comfortable saying, uh, I will you say said, it now and then we'll think about deal. it. I got a good deal. I got a good deal. Um, you know how I know I got a good deal. Julian Berman, right. who was a photographer on set right. and he, uh, he didn't used to work at round two, but he is very, he, he's in the sneaker scene. Yeah. He sneaker scene in LA. Definitely. And you know, he, he, um, he always, Whenever I'm debating to get shoes on set before, he's always like, don't pay, don't pay that for that. Don't pay that. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm in LA, I always consult with him. And then for this, he was like, okay, that's a good price. Three grand. And he, he supported that? Three grand. And, and he supported, he said, you're not going to find them for cheaper than that, honestly. And the price that was listed was 4500 and they did okay. it for three, they did it for three grand. So I think the store worst case scenario we flip them on StockX in a year. That I will never no, do we're not that. Doing but that. yeah, we're but not. um, shouts shouts to Soul Stage. They they hooked it up and shouts to Soul Stage because we sh- we basically lived with them for the past week and great staff over there, they very accommodating. Yeah, they took care of it. And they took care of us and um, it's good. It's good. And I'm did staying. Did you tell them a, I need the discount next time I come in? We, we come through. We, we're gonna come through um the New York City store. Maybe you know they have the Supreme motorcycle bike. Maybe you take a few laps in the store too. <laughs> Joe, I gotta ask. You're still you're still in LA. What does the itinerary look like out there? You didn't go to Palm Springs like I recommended. You might have to hit no Justin Bolas for some spots. You know, when, oh, when I'm I out should there, hit him. When I'm out there, my fixer is Ron from Bait. He'd take me around the San Gabriel Valley. You know, Noodle World. Get a young coconut or something look like at, that. What's what's your plan like? Wow, look at that. Uh, so. Um, still in LA and the itinerary, uh, did a little sunset tower hotel few, few times we did. I walked sunset coffee bean and Starbucks like uh, on okay. sunset. Uh, I saw some people out here. I saw some former complex colleagues, the, the, the fam. I, uh, took Amaya to dinner, David Amaya, if anyone knows, <laughs> we went, I took him to, um, I took him to Katana, which it was like, it's like across the street from where I'm staying. And, he, you know, David Amaya, he showed up. He had the two chain, the two gold chains out. He's doing good. Oh, he looks good. Prospering. And uh, yeah, so so that's it. And it's been great to be out here. The weather's great. And I know New York City is a little. Uh, it's it's fucking cold out this morning. Is man. it? Yeah. It's uh, I just went and ran a few miles before we did this and had to put the pants on for the first time this year. My hands felt like they I need to invest in some gloves it's like 33 degrees outside well so you gotta head out to la I'm, I'm sure you could enjoy a week in little armenia yeah go to glendale um, yeah. imagine 
I was hitting I was hitting Joe about that last night. You got to get him out to Rafi's place. But um, what what is that? Just a kebab, kebab place in L.A. It, mm. But it's like I would say the most recommended. Did you go okay. for the times you've been there for complex? I, have, I haven't, but just because Glendale is so far from Long Beach, that's okay. the one thing I hate about going to LA is that you really yeah. need a strict like you need to know what you're doing because if you don't yeah. have a car, it's like you need to take an Uber to this exact place, and from that exact place, you need to go to this place and then come back. You tap and it's in gonna... with the Armenian community; they're going to hold you down, man. <laughs> yeah, Bro, you got the it, you. You don't have to check in with them before you fly here. Some I people you have to check in with. They they you fly here. You're welcome with open arms, wealthy. It's just so hard to get around Los Angeles. That's my biggest pet peeve about going out there. I feel like when you go to cities, it's nice to like walk out of your hotel and just kind of go places. I feel like in LA, you can't do that. Is that how you guys feel? Or? I stay, I stay very close and I try to like schedule everything around here. The thing is about so if got you got the Uber XL on a company yeah. account anyway. <laughs> no, if you if you have meetings all over the place, it's tough. But no one has meetings now because no one's in the, in their offices. You know, staying inside, staying bundled up. You know where I'm going today though? Tonight, Sneakertopia. Has anyone heard of it? No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like that? a sne- sneaker museum in Culver City, apparently. And oh, I think somebody was telling me about that last time I was there for ComplexCon. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go and check it out and do a paid appearance. Do a walkthrough. No paid appearance. Just um, a friend, a friend of ours uh, who we work with, actually, uh, a friend who works at a label, I should say, is asking me to go and said that I definitely have to check it out. So I'm going to go. I'm okay. going to go uh, today. Who's the but friend who works at the label? Can we say his name is Courtney for Epic? He has Rick Ross and and okay, uh, he has French Montana and uh, might have Travis. I think he has Travis, too. Yeah. Oh, so you got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, French, gonna, French gonna Montana, take... one of my most uh, legendary interviews. Talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I saw the throwback pick. Yeah, him and French Montana recently. What happened there? It was a Reebok event, right? It was a Reebok interview at Jimmy Jazz on One Twenty Fifth Street. It was the it was twenty fifteen. It was the same day that Kanye unveiled the Yeezy Seven Fifty for the first time at the was it the Grammy Awards. I th- well, I've been Jasper. I think showed but it, the seven fifty yeah. the first time, or maybe Don C. But it was the first time he actually wore it. I think gotcha. he, like he he had worn it to the award show, and then I had to go interview French Montana on Reebok at about for Reebok at Jimmy Jazz. And that just sounds asked, like an, uh, an assignment that you would love. That sounds like a oh, uh, if if you had a if you scripted a wealthy assignment that he would be excited about that. <laughs> so I interviewed like... him and I, I was just asking him because it was for Reebok. I'm like, do you have like a collaboration coming out? And he tells me this whole big plan about a collaboration he has coming out. And I get a phone call from the person at Reebok. They're like, do not run that story. Everything that is he not told true. is not true. He does not have a, an Iverson coming out. He does not have a shack coming out. I don't know why he told he was you. He's trying to speak like, it into existence. It. And I'm like, yeah, but he he said it during the interview. You were just trying to like hush up my scoop on it. And uh, five years later, still waiting on those. So shoes. you got to ask ask what's your man's name at Epic? Courtney. You got to ask Courtney to ask French if that's still coming. By the way, you mentioned well the the Yeezy unveiling. Funny story. I remember, like I said, I can't, I can't, I can't recall if it was Don C or Ivan Jasper who first posted the photo of the Easy Seven Fifty. But I remember being at an extra butter party when that happened and pulling up my phone and seeing it, and us all scrambling to figure out who was going to write the news post or whatever. I did go to the new extra butter location this past I weekend. Saw that Long Island City in Queens with got- a mural out front from recent podcast guest Stash. 
I don't know how okay. anybody's opening up new stores in this environment, but God bless them. They got a speakeasy in there, nice space, plenty of room. So you got the Air Force Ones? I didn't I didn't get them, but they okay. are, did do a, a limited run of Air Force Ones. I, I can't okay. say how many pairs, but you know, they're there. Okay. Uh, good store, look good? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of space. You know, I think every store has one of these like event spaces in there. So they're doing something with Champion in there. And yeah, it was nice. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I lived in Queens very briefly. So it felt good to did be back you? out there. Went by my old block. What neighborhood had some Thai food? At? What's up? What neighborhood were you at in Queens? Uh, I guess we can say it's it's many many years later. I lived in Woodside. Okay, nice. you and Noriega just trading stories and talking about how you're both going <laughs> to build your media empire of interview shows. Uh, nowhere, nowhere near Left Rag City. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what about oh? What about sneaker news? Man, with that slack yesterday, whew, full of spice. Brendan yes. Dunn hates the Road Warriors. What it all came down. To. Oh, oh, okay, going right there. Yeah, but we're get we're calling it in. We gotta we gotta figure it out. Do you hate how it looks? Here's here's what I would say. It's polarizing. Nike ISPA Road Warrior. It's polarizing, but we gotta try it out. I okay. I'm not gonna say. What, I, I I would put it on my feet. I, I just okay. I, I, I honestly I feel stupid talking about the shoe because I feel like I've talked about it in many different forums and I said this in Slack yesterday, but I still got pulled into an hour long conversation. About oh, it. it was spicy. <sighs> oh, so we're not okay. We don't have to talk about it. I mean, we're, we're, we'll talk about it. I think we should do that episode once with everyone. That would be fun. Yeah, we would probably re- really need like a a moderator, right? Yeah, like a strict run debate. of show. But um, that Dave be, Matthews might have to put people on mute. Yes, Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews. Uh, Dave Matthews didn't make the trip to L.A. He didn't. Make I'm surprised the trip. His, he didn't pop up yeah, like Candyman. You said his name <laughs> three times, and I didn't see the chat box. Well, blinging. it's still early. I'm sure he didn't. But uh, Dave Matthews didn't make the trip to L.A. He um, he's working on things be on uh, from from the home base. The the I'm best sure. was is the the Dave Matthews email reach out to the yes don't not say. The, not not this guest <laughs> yes but the next guest. <laughs> Dave on the show yeah, where he dude. he told his whole life story you might have seen me at a bar once my <laughs> yeah. friend was dj oh my, my friend was dj and i've always appreciated your how is complex intern slash sometimes podcast producer dave matthews not commenting in the chat box the level of restraint he's showing right now know. by the way shout out to our other producer jasmine but dave incredible restraint i love it i know he knows we need to be dialed in and he's not deterring us one bit yes <laughs> All right, guys, early morning episode, but let's get to the guest. Oh, yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. To say our guest on today's podcast was a self-starter would be an understatement. Upon returning home from a tour in Iraq and multitasking by getting his degree and working at the finish line in Louisiana, he realized something was missing from a major passion point of his, a one-stop sneaker boutique for the city of Lafayette. So he created it. The first few years of the operation were bumpy, locking down accounts, getting rejected from the major brands to carry top-tier product, marketing his store by himself, and controlling typical P&L type things for the business wasn't easy but his resilience prevailed. He currently owns a mini retail empire that boasts five retail locations around the South. Working with the likes of Shaq and Odell Beckham Jr. may be high points, but it's the consistency in product and community he's cultivated from Louisiana to Texas that keeps customers coming back. We're going to get into his retail journey and more on this episode. Please welcome to the podcast, the owner and founder of Sneaker Politics, Derek Curry. Wow, man, that was touching. Thank you. (laughs) All true, all true. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, Derek? Good, man. A little early, but straight. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're full of energy, even at what, what time is it there? It's eight? Yeah, eight o'clock. I actually okay. wake up early, man. So this is normal for me. No big deal. Okay. Nice. Welty already got his, uh, his, his uh, workout in, so he's fresh yeah. too. Derek, we talk so much. You're, you're one of the sneaker guys who's kind of behind the scenes, though. So I'm so happy to have you here and hear some of your stories. I want to start at the beginning for you. Where is the beginning for you in terms of sneakers? Man, that's funny you ask that. Um, because with this whole COVID quarantine thing, I had a lot of time to think. One of the things I was thinking about is where did shoes start for me? Mm-hmm. And um, man, so I can remember back, like, I guess my mom dressing me in like my first sneakers and stuff was basically some beat up Etonics mm-hmm. and then Reebok, mm-hmm. Reebok black tops. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Those were okay. the first memories of sneakers I had, but that wasn't really a cool thing. I, I don't remember like really enjoying those. And so my parents got separated. We moved kind of to a city from the middle of nowhere. This um, is in Louisiana. I, this is in Louisiana. So it's all country basically, but I, I say it's a city because we actually had a Chili's. yeah so um the the cool thing about your parents getting separated is they both want you to like oh love me no love me so my my dad bought me a pair of jordan fives the black metallics okay and the reaction i got at school that week was that's what started it for me that was it which is the best thing i i've said it probably three times this week is the first reaction that you get from wearing a good pair of sneakers you're hooked so true. So true. From there, that was it. I needed every Jordan. I needed every Dion, Barkley, Weber. Like, that was all my thing. Do you remember specific classmates, what they said when they saw you for the first time with those Jordan 5s on? No, I wish I could remember that. That'd be <laughs> awesome. One of the best reactions I got, I remember um, I had the red Dion's. It was like sixth grade. And I walked in and uh, <laughs> one of the guys that I hung out with all the time was like, oh, man, what you going to do? Join a gang today? I was like, hey, <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> in, the, in the Air Max One is one of your favorite shoes of all time. Is that right? How, how did that become one of your favorites? 
man, still to this day, yes, Air Max One, any colorway, any collaboration, I'm I'm always down to grab it. Um, hard to say how it came about, man. I just remember working at Finish Line and um, History of Air Pack came out and the OGs and just learning all that history and uh, Finish Line did a really good job of ed- educating us on on the drops and shoes and what was going on. And I remember sitting in a meeting, listening to all this stuff about how Tinker had his inspiration, architecture, all the, the whole story behind it. And I was like, man, that's a really easy shoe to wear. It looks good with everything. That red's crisp. It's a good shoe. And I uh, grabbed the pair then. And then from there on, I grabbed every Air Max one I could ever find. How are you as a sales associate finish line? You putting insoles in every sneaker? Are you uh, demonstrating rain and stain repellent? Man, at the beginning, you have to, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try and uh, it kind of fades away, I guess, with time. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely, man. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going through all that and then I uh, moved up to assistant manager, started checking like the locations of shoes, mm-hmm. started figuring out that whole thing. Um Grab like some crep uh, Air Max ones for like nineteen ninety nine from a the San best. Antonio store. Yes, yep. it was the best. The best hustled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had them transferred in. The managers arguing with me. No, we don't have them. I'm like, oh, you have them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Check the back. There's one. There's one pair in this <laughs> yeah. company of four hundred stores, and you have it. Send it over. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. You would get them in, pay nineteen ninety nine for a great shoe. Yeah, those were the best come ups ever. So then I spent all my time going to work and spending four hours of the day looking for shoes. <laughs> that, that is so like, if I knew what I know now, back then we were doing it a little bit and it's like, not even, it, it's not even like you, you're not doing anything wrong, which is even yeah. the, the best thing with all the things that you could do wrong in a retail uh, spot. That was not even wrong to do. You call the manager up, Hey, send this over. And then like the company's still getting paid for it. If I knew what I knew now, I would be doing that and the collection would probably be even better. Yeah, 100%, man. I would stay up at night looking for style codes and just like hoping, like sending prayers up in the day. And yeah. sometimes you would find them and it's like, oh, wait, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need a store 700 to send this over for a customer. Exactly. <laughs> and you used to be like, hey, this, the customer's right in front of The customer's right in front of me. Like, we really need you to send that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, honestly, I, when I did it, I was like, hey, uh, we have a customer here. Like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, he's standing right in front of me. Please just um, send it and expedite it, please. <laughs> Bro, this is so funny because it's 100% true. <laughs> yeah. And, and Derek, one of the before finish line, I guess one of the important transitions in your life is that you you went to Iraq, you came home and, you know, you go and fight in a war and then come back to the States and then you get a job at finish line. Like, what was that transition like in your life and why did you choose to do that? Uh, man, that was probably one of the craziest things in my life. Um, going to Iraq, hands down, number one, most insane thing I've ever done. Um well, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a tie for number one because what got me to Iraq was pretty much pretty insane as well. But then going to Iraq, Wait, what got coming you back, <laughs> driving to Mexico. Wait, wow, Mexico is kind of close to Louisiana. Um, just making some bad decisions, trying to okay. make money, trying to buy more shoes, I guess. Gosh, um, got it. <laughs> yeah. Made a few trips to Mexico, came back, got in a lot of trouble. Um, my stepdad, who's an amazing person, man, just a straight up working middle class guy, um, pleaded my case to try to get me out of jail and into the army. 
Um, the DA accepted it. Let me go to the army. So I go, no big deal. I'll do four years in the army. Well, um, 9-11 happened, <laughs> mm. which wasn't just four years in the army. It was two years and then two years in Iraq, which was insane. Um, actually, was supposed to get out that year. Like, I think it was like June and got stop loss because we're in Iraq. There's a war going on. So the army doesn't let you out. They keep you in. They're like, oh, you're stop loss. You have to stay to the war's over. I'm like, oh, man, this really sucks. So now what? Um, and then... Thank God later that year, things cleared up. They let me out. I so come when back did you home. leave Iraq? Um, man, okay. So I guess 2002, around that. I'm real bad at years, but somewhere around there. You were there was before like 9-11. I was, no, I wasn't. I was there right when 9-11 happened. So what year was that? 2001. Yeah, 2001. So I got out at 2002, 2000, yeah, 2002, I would say, mm -hmm. or 2003. Um, so I get out, um, I've realized I definitely don't want to do that. I definitely don't want to, I had worked in the oil field before that a little bit while I was going to college. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that either. Let me take school serious. So I go back to school. I need a job while I'm in school. Um, start putting applications everywhere. I don't want to work in fast food. That's not my thing or any kind of food industry. Um, so shoes was something I was so into. Started applying to Foot Lockers, all that stuff. Finish line, called me back. Uh, made sense. So while I was getting my degree, I just worked that finish line and did that. And when you were at getting your degree and working at finish line, were you like hyper into it? Were you like scrolling blogs? Were you on Nike Talk? What was it like back then? Were you, did you know like you had a passion for working in sneakers or was it something that sneakers was the best choice over, like you said, fast food and things like that? No. So I definitely was in the sneakers. I was like always a shoe guy, um, always trying to find out what's coming out. I was into the blogs. I was on Nike talk. I was on a, uh, was, did so collector have a, yeah. ISS. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was on that more than I was on Nike talk. Um, okay. That one day, this is actually how the store started, how I met Dion and everything. I'm at finish line one day. We get a shipment in. Uh, I'm an assistant manager at this point. The stock guy comes out. He's like, yo, this shipment came in wrong. We were supposed to get these women's white on white Air Force Ones, but these shoes came in. He was like, what do I do? So I'm like, oh, let me see. It's the Halloween Air Force Ones, the black with the orange one. It was the first year they did the patent leather, like Halloween Air Force One. I'm like, oh, this is sick. Yeah, don't mm -hmm. worry about this. This isn't a mistake. This is perfect. Uh, I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is so crazy because in Roosevelt Field, where we worked, we got two pairs of shipment of the Halloweens in a finish line box. What was that like? Did those even- in the Matrix. <laughs> wait, was finish line even supposed to get those? Like, I know people no. who I worked with who had two pairs, like- Literally, you know, the shipment comes in, you open the box before you check it in or put it on the shelves. And they're like, yo, there's two pairs of these patent leather Halloween black and orange Air Force Ones in this box. And they immediately bought them. And it was like this thing, like, there's no way that we were supposed to get these. Yeah, 100%. I'm not sure what happened. Like, like still to this day, it's the craziest thing ever. So I bought a 12 pair and I'm like, man, this is sick. I get home, I go on ISS, I put up a picture um, this kid hits me up, Dion Point. He's like, yo, wow. <laughs> I don't really do the blog thing, um, but I really want these shoes. Here's my number. Can you just call me and we figure this out? I said, yeah, perfect. Wow. So I called, yeah, it was awesome. I call him. He tells me about concepts, tells me about 
everything he's done in sneakers. I'm like, wow, this is sick. I'm looking up concepts. I'm like, man, this dude really works at a cool ass store. Like this ain't a finish line. This is awesome. And uh, we just started talking, probably stay on the phone like an hour, two hours. Uh, ended up trading him a pair of the Air Force Ones for um, the Foot Patrol Stabs, like the Easterish Ooh, color. Yeah, good ones. Yeah. Amazing good ones. shoe. Still have it to this day. Like that was the first like really cool collaboration shoe I've ever gotten. Wow, so yeah, that's... me and Dion's talking on the phone. We're, we're figuring out like, I'm, I'm like, man, this boutique thing sounds really sick. Like, this is insane. They get shoes I've never heard of. Like. Halloween Air Force Ones, I've never heard of to that point. So I start going really deep into that rabbit hole, asking him a million questions. Dude probably wants to hang up on me seven times, but was so cool about it, answered everything, uh, then started asking me about my life. And I just started telling him everything about me. And uh, he's like, man, this is insane. Like, dude, you went through some shit. I'm like, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy ride. And, and that was it. You know, we let each other go, send the shoes to each other. Cool. So then I, um, I see, I start watching their, their page and what they're doing. So I'm like, oh man, they're getting these shoes. I wonder if I could get them. I sent them a text. Yo, can I get these shoes? Well, I didn't send him a text. I called him because mm-hmm. there wasn't texting. I was calling him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, he was like, yeah, of course, man. Uh, so I was buying all kinds of shoes from him and then wearing them at finish line. So, of course, customers come in and uh, they don't want what's on the wall. They want what's on my feet. Like, yes. what are those? Like, I've never seen that. Yes. And uh, then it became the story. Oh, man, they have this. And I'd explain it. Customers will buy them off my feet sometimes. Like You were selling sneakers off your feet? Okay, so that's a, that's a no-no. There's no way that you were allowed to do that at Finish Line. You always had to wear product that they had. But props. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really, that's a hundred percent right. And, uh, yeah. I would sell them off my feet and buy a pair of shoes in the store. I'm like, yeah, why not? This is sick. That's then awesome. I realized like, I mean, it's just started clicking. I'm like, man, there's a market for this here. There's nothing in the South at all. Closest thing we had was we had a sports plus in new Orleans, which would get some independent product and then uh, active athlete in Houston. And I was like, yo, this is, this is like the two spots I could get stuff from, but it's so far of a drive. Um, and then uh, I just started asking Dion the questions like, yo, you think I could do a boutique down here? You think I could do this? And he's like, man, it's a lot of money. Like, you're going to get this cash? Like, how are you going to make this happen? I was like, man, I saved a lot of money before I went in the army. I still have it, was waiting to do something with it. And uh, he's like, man, yeah, you could definitely do it. The dude was spending like four hours a night talking to me about how to get this retail store open and what should I do? And uh, finally, one day I had told enough people and like uh, I was finishing up school and I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm going to jump. I'm going to make this happen. And there it goes. When was that? 2006? <laughs> 2006. Yeah. Was it scary? Was it scary? Yeah, it was scary. My mom. So I, this is the crazy part. So my whole life, I'm trying to be a stockbroker, financial advisor. Like that's mm-hmm. my dream. I want to go. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. It just seemed like a cool job, I guess. Um, I get my degree. I apply to get uh, my MBA at a couple of schools, Tulane, Rice in Houston, um, and a couple of other schools. Rice hits me back and accepts me, um, which is amazing. Great school to go get your MBA at. Um, <laughs> I, I decided to pass on that and tell my parents, yeah, I think I'm going to do this sneaker store instead. Hurry, actually. said, what no. the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, how is that, man? <laughs> No one in our family has ever went to college, let alone got accepted to go get your MBA. And you're going to throw it all away to be Al Bundy. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke like, we used to get. That's the joke that they tried to, that people used to throw shade on, you know? The album thing. 100%. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like shoes weren't respected at that time. Like, yeah. People didn't understand. Even when I was trying, because I was trying not to use all my money, because I wanted to like live and have a house and stuff like that. I didn't want to move back in with my parents. I was trying to get a loan with like uh, business plans and stuff. That doesn't exist. Everyone I'd tell I'm opening a shoe store, they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. What about Foot Locker, a finish line? I'm mm. like, yeah, but this is going to be different. And they're like, yeah, okay, limited edition sneakers, kid, you lost it. <laughs> yeah. It didn't exist. <laughs> Derek, before we hop all the way into that, one of the big stories, I think, early on in, in your sneaker history that we actually outline a little bit in the Complex Sneaker of the Year book is how you got all the DMP Jordan 6s and 11s. You said you got like, what was it, like 30-something packs of them at, at the time at the release? Yeah, 30-something packs, man. And this was in between basically politics starting and me le- getting my degree, leaving finish line. And uh, <laughs> I uh, so I went to the midnight release at the mall here. I knew the manager of uh, Foot Action. She would always look out for me. I went to her, uh, got my pair, waited, because she'd always let me look. If every, no one wants them after this, you could buy whatever's left. So people were in line. They finished. Everyone got them. But, man, there was a lot of money for shoes back then. And so a lot of people didn't show up for them. So they had, like, five, six packs left. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I'm going to grab these, grab those two. And this is midnight. I think I shot Dion a picture. He's like, oh, man, get as many of those as you can, like, People are going ape shit over here for him. He was like, dude, I'll take whatever from you. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I started making some calls. Um, I found out Baton Rouge has a ton of pair. Like they have more pairs than anyone in us in the state. I'm like, man, I'm going to go over there because they don't open until 8 a.m. They're in a mall. I'm going to go over there and check out their release. So I drive up. There's a line around the mall. I mean, dude, a couple of, it looked like maybe 200 people, which was insane for a shoe release back then. So I'm like, man, I'm not going to have a chance. Like, what am I going to do? I get out of the car. I go talk to a few people. Like, they're all waiting for this pack, of course. So I go back in my car. I have my finish line outfit in there. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try this. I put my finish line outfit on, got my little name badge and everything. I walk up to the front of the line. I'm like, oh, the mall security lets me in. I'm like, sick. I'm the only one in the mall. Like, the, the stores are still closed. <laughs> gates are down and everything. And I just go up to the first gate and I just start talking to him. I'm like, oh, man, hey, what's up? They're like, yo, you, you work around the corner? I'm like, ah, I actually work in Lafayette. I'm trying to get these packs. Look, man, I'll slip you some money. Can I get this? Whatever. They're like, yo, man, it's actually so crazy out there. We'll sell you all our packs if you got that. Because I was like, yo, I got money. I'll buy mm-hmm. 10 pair, whatever you got. They're like, man, all we got left is like eight. They took care of friends. They took care of employees. Um, we'll, we'll sell you all of them. Like, we don't even want to deal with this. We'll leave our gate down. I was like, oh, sick. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Go in, buy all those. Um, they like, we're going to leave our gate down. You could pull around to the back and get them. I'm like, sick. This works out perfect. I go. I'm like, man. So at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm going to just leave. Like, I already won. This is a huge come up. But then I'm like, greedy Derek is like, ah, let me go check out another store. This is literal backdooring. Literal yeah, backdooring. <laughs> literally come to the back door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I drive my, my Jeep Grand Cherokee, backed it up to the back loading dock and got every pair they had. And they totally <laughs> shut the release down? All the people standing in line didn't get anything? 100%. There was a lot of stores in that mall. So there was probably like seven shoe stores in that mall. They went to so another store. 100%. So just the small ones left the gates down and were like, yo, we don't have them. 
<laughs> it's very clear from that point that you knew how to get sneakers if you wanted them. But I understand that in the early days of sneaker politics, your store, you couldn't necessarily get shoes from Nike. Is that right? Yeah. So first account I ever had was uh, New Balance. Um, I think second was Reebok. And then um, stalled out a little while. Then uh, I played the greedy genius game. Um, I had a couple of like, which is hilarious. Um, I had a couple of like bapes in the store just for like kind of show, but I'd sell them as well if you wanted them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some Nike SBs at the time, just a couple of random collections. Like I'd pull out a lot of shoes from my collection mm-hmm. because when people would walk in the store and see 20 t-shirts and then one pair of Reeboks and a New Balance, they were like, yeah, I'm never coming here again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I can't lose these people. So I'd pull out my own collection, which even though it was only a size nine sitting on the wall, people would ask about it. And it's like, oh, you got these. This is cool. And oh, you no, didn't I don't have a Nike have a 13, SB account, so. but you had the Nike SBs on the wall. Yeah, exactly. And I had some Jordans and I had a lot of stuff from my collection, like just pretty much as bait to look cool to where they come back and maybe buy a shirt and be like, oh, I'm gonna go check back. Maybe he'll get my size later. That's and, smart, um, though. That's super, super smart. You know how many stores I've walked into and kept coming back? Because even though there's only one size of these shoes, you never know what you're going to see when you go back. Very smart. Yeah, exactly. Well, I saw people's, I saw people's facial expression at first before I did that. And they were like, mm-hmm. dude, that's a Reebok, a New Balance, and a bunch of T-shirts that are kind of cool. Nah, mm-hmm. whatever. No big deal. So I was like, man, I got to keep them in there. I got to do something. And that's when I was like, man, I don't want to sell my shoes. But at the same time, what else am I going to do? Um, so I just started putting them in there, in there to, to keep people in there. Um, and that worked. That worked. And, but then people started getting aggravated. You never have a 10 and a half. You never have a 12. Right. So then <laughs> go back to my homegirl that worked at Foot Action. I started working with her. Jordan was doing those lifestyle releases like mm-hmm. Olive Fives. Um, mm-hmm. They did that purplish five, like the maroon, same thing. And um, they were the only store pretty, they might've had another store in Louisiana, but they were the main one in Louisiana that got them. And uh, no one really knew about them. A few people would like stumble on them, but um, I would always ask her, I'm like, yo, I want these shoes. She's like, yeah, I'll give them all to you. No one even cares. She's like, we'll sell like two and then the rest sit there. Like I need to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. So I'd buy them all from her and then put them in my store. I'd sell them for the exact same price I paid for but it was just to keep customers happy and keep them like engaged and like, oh, okay, man, he has these, he has these Jordans. I don't even see. This is crazy. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I kept customers around in the first like three years. Um, Adidas, Adidas opened me up probably like six months into it. And then I, I had sent the Nike application out before I even opened the store and they hit me with a rejection letter. And man, that was one of the worst days ever. I opened that letter, probably read it seven times, called my mom, read it to her to make sure. She's like, yeah, it sounds like you're never getting a Nike account. This is it, son. Like, you tried. Good good job. But yeah, it's not going to happen. Did they give you a reason or was it just a generic letter? A generic letter. Like, uh, I'm sure they sent them out to everyone who applies for an account at first. Um, Just like, yeah, we we have no interest in opening an account in that area at the moment. Uh, Sorry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the guy's name was David Settings. I don't know if he's still around today, but thanks, David. <laughs> but so, it just I remember gave me that name forever, I bet. A hundred percent, man. I, I yeah. stared at it. I, actually, someone framed that letter for me and gave it to me for Christmas like five or six years ago, wow. which was a really cool gift. How did um, you turn things around and 
end up getting the Nike account and everything in your business? So I got super defeated. First person I call is the only person I knew in the industry, which was Dion. And I'm like, yo, man, I just got this letter. He was like, oh, yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> I was like, man, so what did I do? He's like, well, tell me, how'd you apply? I'm like, man, I went online, got the application, just sent it in. He was like, uh, what'd you put on the application? I start reading him everything I think. He was like, dude, you didn't even have a store open yet. You didn't have any brands. You're just this random kid saying, yeah, I want Nike in my Make Believe store you don't know about yet. He was like, uh, try again. He was like, dude, try again and, and see what happens. So I try again. Don't hear nothing back. So a year goes by. I have no Nike, no Jordan account. I'm going by foot action releases at eight in the morning and then bringing them back to my store to open up and make no money off of them, hoping I sell a T-shirt that day. Um, that's that's not going to pay the bills or get me anywhere. But um, I'm, a year goes by. I'm, I'm at Dion's neck. I'm like, dude, what do I do, man? Like, who do I talk to? What do I need to do? And he was like, man, you know what? You know what probably do it? You need to come out to Vegas, man, to this magic show. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I did. So I'm running out of money. I've been paying my bills for a year. Mm-hmm. Money's dwindling away. I'm not making any money. Um, I'm like, yeah, I kind of brush him off. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't do it. Uh, a year and a half goes by. I'm like, all right, man, I have to do something. And I'm closing the doors. Like, this is it. Um, he's like, dude, I'm telling you, come to magic. It'll work out. I'm like, dude, I'm broke now. I have no money. Um, I, all I've been doing was trying to make this store work. Um, I'm not hustling anything. I have nothing, no income coming in. I moved back in with my parents. I was like, I'm in a bad situation. He's like, dude, can you buy a plane ticket? I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. He said, you could sleep in my room. Never met the dude in person at this wow. point. Yeah. Insane. So I, I hop on a plane. Um, Fly to Vegas, never been to Vegas before, barely even been out of the state before. I get to Vegas, find this hotel, uh, knock on the door. It's like eight in the morning. Dude opens the door. He's like, yo, Derek, what up? He said, we're just getting in. He was, <laughs> was way like, shorter okay. than you thought. Two champagne bottles, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, sick. He's like, uh, he's like, bro, you made it. This is cool. He's like, yo, just throw your stuff right there. You can sleep on the chair. Like. Whatever you need, man, just just let me know. He was like, I'm going to shower up real quick. Um, he said, we could go downstairs or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go downstairs and grab a drink. He was like, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, man, I knew it. I knew you were going to be cool. I knew we were going to get along. Let's go have a drink. It's like 10 in the morning. I'm like, yeah, sick. <laughs> Dude, we spend the whole day not doing any work, just drinking, just talking, like life stories, everything like that. But at that moment, some people from Nike come hang out with us like that afternoon and we're drinking and I, I meet them. I don't know anything about them. And we just start talking and telling stories and drinking, become friends with them. Uh, fast forward, amazing weekend. Uh, I get an email that next week and they're like, look, we're going to send a rep to your store. Don't worry about it. We'll get you open. Wow. That's amazing, yeah. man. Props yeah. shouts to Dion too. Great, great. Seems like a mentor and friend uh, kind of relationship. Shouts to that guy. Huge shouts to Dion, man. Definitely paved the way for me. Derek, so like after all of that, you know, time goes by, your store becomes a lot more successful. You kind of establish kind of the niche sneaker culture in Louisiana to some extent. You're having limited releases, campouts, collaborations with New Balance and Reebok and Saucony. And everything's great. And I think one of the moments, too, where you caught a little bit of headlines was you had an OVO Jordan release at your store. And you, you always have a talk about doing things for the community. You want the kids to get the shoes rather than resellers. And you had a rule that 
um, if you bought the shoes, you had to wear them out of the store. You didn't want anyone reselling the sneakers. Caught a lot of flack for that, man, mm. from customers, from it. It got mixed reviews. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. And I, and I understood both sides of it. Um, I get resellers because obviously I had to sell shoes at one point to make mm-hmm. money. And, and I get that part of the thing. But at the same time, when when I'm like busting my ass to get these shoes and create this cool thing for the the 16 year old Derek Curry that was coming up that really wants these shoes and don't have a thousand dollars to buy an OVO uh, shoe. Like I would like for them to get them at retail and wear the shoes and be happy. Um, if I have extra pair or whatever and, and you stumble on them and you could buy them, cool, make money, do whatever you want with them. But if I'm only getting a few pair of shoes, man, I want the people that really want them wearing them and like happy, excited about them. Um, everyone was excited on that release. Um, except like two people started arguing with this, like, yo, I'm not wearing them. You can't tell me it's my money. I can do what I want. I said, yeah, it's our shoes, bro. We could do what we want too. like. Oh, I'm gonna call Jordan. I'm like, call Jordan, man. Like, they were gonna let's snitch not, on you to Jordan brand. Yeah, I said, let's not go through this. I was like, come on, man. I posted the info. Like, I'm sure Jordan Brand knows what I'm doing. It's it's yeah. it's fine. And uh, everyone else was so cool, man. You should do that for every release. I would like to, but that's a hard thing to do. But it was just so many people wanted that shoe, man, and I just wanted people to have them and wear them and be happy with them. It was it was at the point where people were starting to flip stuff in front of our face in the in, in front of the store. Go and right up to the like, sidewalk and sell it. Yes. I was like, dude, I can't watch this go down. Like this is the worst. Like I want people wearing the shoes and happy and and like a sneaker community all excited about it. And so I, I did that for that release. <laughs> I know that was back in 2014. Was there a point before that? from you opening this store in 2006 to maybe around that era where you felt like you really made it or you'd really established the brand sneaker politics? Yeah, I get, yeah. Before that, um, we started making really good money. I guess like five years in, um, I was able to get out the store. I was in the store 24 hours a day. I mean, I slept in the store a lot of days in the first four years. Um, I was there from open to close. I would actually stay late for customers. If I knew somebody was a good customer and they were spending like, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. I would stay till midnight if they needed me to. Hey, I'm, I'm on the way. I'm coming from Houston. I'm like, yeah, I'll sit here. Like whatever. Cause I was, I I had the math mindset of, I think when I first opened, I had to sell two pair of shoes a day to break even. So I'm like, yo, I got to sell these two pair of shoes. And if I didn't that day, then I'm like, okay, now I got four shoes to sell tomorrow. And I was going day to day and like stressing everything. So if someone would tell me they coming in, I would show up super early. I'd, I'd stay all night. I'd do whatever they needed to try to get some money. Um, within five years, we, we got past that. We were beyond breaking even. I was hiring people. I was finally getting out of the store. Um, and Reebok was actually the first people that offered us a collab on the Instapump, mm-hmm. which to, doing your own shoe is something I've always dreamed of, like even as a kid, but that's never going to happen in my mind. Like this kid from Louisiana. They didn't even want to sell me shoes at one point, let alone give me a collab on the shoe. Like no way people wear shoes down there. They wrestle alligators or something to go to work. <laughs> so, so breaking those stereotypes was really hard. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging out with boutiques from Boston, New York, LA, and then Louisiana. Like I've been in meetings before where people said no disrespect to Derek, but he lives in Lafayette, Louisiana, and you guys are giving him this product. Like the, 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 no one lives there and you won't give it to us. So it, it was really hard to get the product. 
So us just getting that product, then a collaboration coming out of it as well, man, that was like tears. I mean, that was the greatest thing ever. That was like, hey, mom, see, good thing I didn't go to college, right? Good thing I didn't get that MBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking about collaboration, fast forwarding a little bit, kind of like a, definitely a, a tempo moment for you, All-Star Weekend 2017. The NBA switches to New Orleans. You get a collaboration with Juvenile and Manny Fresh. The Reebok workout low. And that weekend, it seems like that weekend was kind of an all-encompassing, I kind of made it, the store made it moment. Talk about that weekend. And I think, um, you know, Welty pointed out that there was even another collaboration the same weekend. Yeah, so that was, man, that was a really crazy weekend. Not only a crazy weekend, that was a crazy like six months. Um, pretty much a fire drill. I think it was going to Charlotte. Um, I get a text from my friend Chad who worked at, uh, I think Mitchell and Ness at the time. He's like, dude, the NBA is about to announce that they're switching the all-star game to New Orleans. I was like, dude, you a hundred percent notice. He said, yeah, I think in two days they're going to release it. So I'm like, oh man. So I'm super excited. Well, I, <laughs> it was a gift and a curse. So one moment I'm sad for my homie James, who've been working on all this product for years like doing like this Jordan stuff, all this other things. But I'm also happy that I'm getting it. Like, man, this is going to be a really good opportunity for me. So I drop everything I'm doing, go to New Orleans that day, and I'm walking around the quarter. Uh, the French Quarter is where everything is. It's where the people party, the, the games played right around the corner, all the hotels are right there. You could basically walk around and do everything you want. So I'm like walking around every street that I know people will be around and I'm looking for leases. I'm like, man, I'm going to lease out all these buildings because every brand we deal with is going to want to do something here mm -hmm. and I'll have all the real estate. So I think I ended up with eight, eight buildings. I'm like, this is sick. Two of them were mine. And then I picked up six short term leases for these months. Um, and then six leases, they make what type of overhead, yeah. man. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but you got to think All-Star Game is like, that's Christmas. That's tax. Mm -hmm. That's a huge event in sneakers. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of money coming in that week. Of course. Uh, a lot. People yeah. are flying in for this. People are coming to spend money to get these shoes for All-Star Weekend. So um, I get all these leases. Um, they make the announcement two days later, which was amazing. Thanks, Ched, for looking out. Um and then I just start talking to the brands. The brands start hitting me up. Hey, we need to do something, man. We don't have much time. We have to do this. What are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, man, this is sick. Um, I rent out of space to Mitchell Ness. I do one for New Era. I do one for, um, man, we do a Reebok one. We do a thing with Nike and Jordan in the other store. Um, I'm trying to think of who got the other stuff. Oh, Jordan bought another event just for a like concert venue area. Um, but anyway, I, I get off all of them in like a month and then I have the two that I'm sitting on. Reebok actually had the best idea with me. They like, look, man, we'll roll out product with you every day, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They were like, and keep it Louisiana based. We'll let you collaborate on it. You can work with your friends. Um, what ideas you have. So I already had things in mind. I'm like, dude, I'd love to do something with currency. Mm -hmm. Like he's. A, a, real, a person that actually helped the store come up as well. Like we were both basically coming up together. Um, and he's doing well at that time. And the store was doing pretty well at that time. Um, so they're like, okay, yeah, we would love to do that. That That's perfect. And then I'm like, I would love to do something uh, on the Reebok workout. I've been talking to my homie Philly, who uh, owns Humidity Skate Shop. 
And he has a great idea to do like this uh, workout, Reebok workout with uh, based on the hot boys. And uh, if you guys got budget, man, I would love to get Juvenile and Manny Fresh involved. And uh, like I'm shooting for the stars. I'm like, this will never happen. Right. Yeah, right. Um, And then I pitch a third shoe. I'm like, also, I'd like to do this shack too in LSU colors, just like as a simple third day thing. They're like. Okay, yeah, let's see what we could come up with. And I'm like, yeah. Three different projects in one week. One week. I'm like, this will never happen. Like, yeah, right. But we'll see. They they sounded, they liked every idea I had, but then they were like, yeah, they were thinking of dollar signs. So then they hit me up a week later and they're like, hey, we're down with everything you're doing, but can you use your relationships to make this happen? Um, I said, well, I don't have a relationship with Shaq, but I said, the Juvia Manny thing, of course, and Currency would 100% do it. So they're thinking if I ask, they're going to save a lot of money on that end because mm-hmm. they don't have mm-hmm. to. Because when people see Reebok, they like, oh, yeah, I'll do it for 100 grand. But if I they told like, the same thing. oh, yeah. Or <laughs> 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 uh, if, yo, it's just the homie Derek, let's help him out and do something with him and get some money out of it, too, and do something cool for the city. I'm, I'm down for that as well. Um, and, dude, I mean, it, it all worked out. We did a currency club C. Um, that was super sick. We did um, the Reebok workout. Juvia Manny got involved in it. Uh, they didn't have anything to do with the design process, but brought them in later. And they were so stoked on it. was like, yeah, we'd love to perform. We'll be there all weekend. This will be cool. And uh, they, they said, we'll give you the Shaq shoe, but there's no way we'll get Shaq there. Um, I'm like, all right, cool. Still awesome. LSU colors, Shaq, sick. Um, but fast forward to the weekend, uh, Shaq actually... Hits him up, says, what we got going in the city this weekend. I want to be a part of something. They said, man, we have this cool event if you want to come. Um, it's this little boutique. They have all this other stuff. Uh, I think you'd be cool. to. They're doing one of your shoes. And he thought it was Lakers. He said, oh, a Lakers shack. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, to Louisiana, it's actually LSU colors. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. LSU colors. LSU right, colors. Right, right. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew that. And uh, another funny thing about that, while he was signing the shoes, he sat behind the desk and signed shoes for an hour. People would come meet him, take pictures with him. He signed shoes. When he started off signing the shoes, he was putting his Lakers number and people were like, huh. oh, no. can you put the, can you put the LSU? shoes?" funny. Funny. <laughs> and then he caught on again. He's like, yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Derek, you had mentioned too that you had some projects that you had spoken about with Nike and Jordan Brand for the weekend, but you couldn't turn them around. Given all the time, can you tell us what collaborations you were working on with them that couldn't happen? So uh, the collaboration tip fell short instantly because they had already cooked, baked all this product for James. They had all these sixes and all this other stuff. James Wicker stores uh, for, for the original yep. location for the All-Star game. Yep, Charlotte. Yep. It was going to be yep. in Charlotte. So they had it all. And then they like, okay, I don't think we have to throw away all this product. A lot of brands did this, not just Nike and not just Jordan. Um, Mitchell Ness did it. A lot of brands did it. They were like, well, New Orleans had the Hornets, so... You see the tie in there? I'm like, oh, man, please don't do this to me. Please don't. And there was just no way around it. they like, look, we're ripping these insoles out. We're going to put them in there. It's going to be Hornets. Like, that's going to be the theme. I was like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll make it happen. And uh, we did the best of what we had, man. I mean, like I said, it was a fire drill. They pulled, they pulled the All-Star game. There was no time to switch product. And we, we did what we could. I think the weekend turned out amazing, man. I mean... The, the Reebok store was definitely the highlight because not only did we do shoe releases, we had parties there every night. 
which was so cool. Um, and then the Jordan party spot was right across the street from that store. So after our parties, we, we would do our parties kind of early. And then right after that, everyone would try to funnel into the Jordan party after, which was sick. Did you go to Michael did Jordan's you, birthday? I did not, man. By that time, what? I was so like strung out and dead. I could barely speak. How do you um, skip Michael like, Jordan's birthday? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's always the all-star game event, right? That same And weekend. it was. And it was, yeah, and it was, and I did not go to it, man. I was just done. I was cooked. Yeah, no excuse. I, I see the look of disgust. I'm <laughs> That's sorry. Okay. That's okay. I, I got to wonder, too, All-Star Weekend, like you said, it's a huge event. It's like the Super Bowl for sneakers. It's Christmas. You're the man in the city at that point because you have all this real estate, but was there any chaos around it? How stressful was it for you to manage all that? Oh, this is the most stressful. I mean, it was so stressful. I missed the Jordan party. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go, dude. I, I have so many people in town. They all want to hang out with me, but at the same time, I'm trying to run seven stores basically and trying to make sure everyone's okay. So I, I would party all night long till like six in the morning because New Orleans things don't close. You could, and also your you crew were- that's visiting you in town. Sorry to interrupt. Your crew is not like, hey, we're gonna have dinner and then we're, we're gonna prepare for tomorrow's release. The, Joe from Kentucky, uh, Dion, James, your crew is a different crew that we mentioned on this podcast, and I know that you're in it. So, one hundred percent a different breed, man. People yeah. look at us like we're insane, and we're all we are. I, I, I've never realized it until recently. I was like, man, we do some insane stuff. So, yeah, I'm partying until six in the morning because I want to make sure they all have a good time. Like, these mm-hmm. are my best friends. Um, we're having a blast. And then they're like, yo, we're going we're going to sleep for a sec. Oh, we actually would grab breakfast. Sun's coming up. Where are we going to breakfast? They were going, Waffle House? They Where were are we going? going? Nah. Um, so Daisy Dukes is a little 24-hour spot by the store that I really love to go to, man. It's like a cool little breakfast spot. Wow. Horrible awesome. name, really good food. Awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, we do that. And then uh, they all are going to bed, of course, while I'm going shower and then go talk to all the kids in line, make sure they're okay. Hey, y'all need donuts, y'all need water. Um, Then I'm checking on my employees, making sure, hey, are we ready for the day? Y'all have cash, y'all have everything. Just doing the checklist. And, And I mean, I'm not going to sleep after that. I'm in the day now. So now I'm just going through the day. So it was like two days of no sleep. And this Jordan party is always on the last day. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done, man. There's nothing, nothing I could do. You guys have fun. <laughs> and Derek, another uh, speaking of the whole LSU connection, recently you got to do an exclusive OBJ LSU release at Sneaker Politics. Was it like cool that Nike presented that to you, given the whole Louisiana roots? I know, I know, you're not a LSU guy, but no, it was amazing, man. And and I am an LSU guy because any team from the state of Louisiana, I'm gonna root for. But there's a college in my hometown that gets overlooked all the time, uh, UL Lafayette, which the Raging Cajuns, which are doing really good at football this year. Um, I, 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 you have to root for them first, and our fans from Lafayette will go for LSU, and they've never been to Baton Rouge, and it's just. It's painful to watch, so so I, I I get mad about that. But the Odell Beckham thing was even was really great. Um, a cool tie-in story to that Odell Beckham event is one of my guys who was running the Baton Rouge store, Fletcher Sanders. He's, yes, um, this is a really awesome story. So him and him and Odell, he's friends with all the LSU athletes. He's really young. He's hanging out with them every night. Um, he's going to the games. He's on the sideline. Whatever. This is all college kids, man. Um, 
they're they're trying to they're they're trying to make it to the NFL, but they're broke. You know, they're they're trying to get money. Well, there were some players on the team that were like, "Yo, man, can you?" People always offer us to buy these gloves or these footballs and stuff like that. Fletcher's like, "Oh man, yeah, I'll sell them on eBay. I'll sell them whatever." So Fletcher's selling these game worn gloves and cleats and things like that on eBay and splitting the money with the players. So um, some coach uh, or, or like, I, I don't know what he was, man. He was someone that worked in the athletic department at LSU, catches on to this and turns Fletcher in. Cops go to the store, arrest Fletcher. Fletcher goes Ooh, to jail. At your store? At my store. Fletcher goes to jail, gets out. That I, I go bond him out. He went to jail out. for selling the athlete's went, gloves? Went to, went to jail. So went to spent a night in jail, got him out the next morning, um, comes out. The I mean, ESPN, everyone's at the store. Like, there's news cameras everywhere. He gets up. His famous line was, he's like, yeah, man, you think I'm going to ruin someone's NFL career for a couple of hundred bucks? Like, yeah, I'll go to jail and sit down for a little bit. I'm not telling you who the players were. Like, that's that's it. And uh, so after that, like, Fletcher was golden with anyone from LSU. Like, I mean... And LSU turns out athletes, man. Like, there's so many professional athletes that make it to the league. Um, so, yeah, we would go to him from that. So the whole Odell fast forward, we do a shoe with him, and it's in our store. It was a really cool event. Fletcher, very full circle moment. Fletcher, I met at this hotel that I'm currently at in L.A. in 2019 in August. I still have the text message. And <laughs> Fletcher, to be fair, Fletcher was in, like, a VIP area with some guys at the pool of this hotel and he spots me and I start talking to them and he's like, yo, we're getting Zion. We got to do sneaker shopping with Zion this year. And I was like, yo, we got to do it. Let's do it. And he immediately texts me and it didn't happen yet, but I'm still hoping on, I'm hoping that, you know, with, with you and Fletcher, we get that done maybe this year, but he is definitely, he's a hustler. It was like great conversation. We've been in contact and yeah, 2019 Zion gets drafted. What was that like for you guys and, and the city? I'm sure that you were super, super excited about the opportunities that could come about from that. Massive, man. That was a huge deal. Um, that was an awesome weekend in LA too. Um, yeah. You weren't that, here though. You weren't, were, you weren't here. Yeah, was, I, I was there. I wasn't, I wasn't at the pool at the time. Okay. I was in the city. Um, <laughs> okay. We were all staying there for this uh, basketball thing we went to, which was really cool. Uh, we, we got a team that played in this basketball league for Adidas, which was an awesome event. Um, but I wasn't there when Fletcher talked to you. But, um, okay, yeah, because yeah, I was like, where's Derek? And he was like, <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, he wasn't there. But they, I mean, you know, Dion Point was a good mentor because you had your guys in the VIP section. I was like in Gen Pop and I had to go up the stairs and Fletcher's there. So I was like, this guy, this guy learned well. Yeah, we like to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> we love to have fun. But um, yeah, the whole Zion moment, man, amazing. Um, so my first idea is I'm like, Yo, this is sick. Jordan brand. Um, Zion's going to be one of the biggest things in the NBA. This will be huge opportunities for the store. Um, and then as time went on, as he got signed, I'm realizing that this is even bigger than that. Like, it's not even Jordan brand. Like, the NBA is invested in this kid. Like, mm -hmm. Zion mm -hmm. is going to be the next greatest thing. Like, they're looking at, he, he, like, there's Jordan, there's LeBron, there's Zion is where the NBA was putting him. And I'm like, man, this is really exciting. This is going to be crazy. And I immediately we start turning out ideas like, let's make this happen. Let's make this happen. Mm -hmm. um, COVID kind of messed up all yeah. that. 
not only sneaker shopping, it messed up like Zion collabs and Zion projects we were working on. But um, after all this clears up, I have no doubt that it's going to be a huge thing in New Orleans. Yep. And sneaker politics will definitely be a big part of, of rolling out shoes and doing cool things for that. Awesome. Bye, you boys. And, yeah, right? And, and Derek, the most, the most recent thing that you have done is the whole um, Adidas forum thing that you had in connection with James Whitner, who you obviously mentioned is a, a close friend of yours. You know, the shoes were all made for the community. You want to just talk about that? Yeah, that was a really cool project, man, because um, 2020 has been a tough year. I mean, really tough, like <laughs> horrible. And to yeah, do one of project, your stores in Dallas was like kind of the center of like all the riots and, and all of that. Yeah. So the riots have I think Dallas might have been the first city, honestly, with looting and things like that, because it wasn't even in our mind. Like no one thought that people were going to riot or loot or do anything like that. And um, Dallas, it just so happened they had a protest downtown. The cops kind of pushed them out into our shopping area and people just went <laughs> ape shit, man. And uh, not only looted, man, I mean, they, they ripped apart that store um, in minutes. And uh, it was, it was a really tough night, but then I woke up the next morning. I said, man, there's a lot going on. Like, shake it off. Let's pick it up, like get it together, clean up. We'll open up. It's just a retail store. No big deal. We're all safe. Like we're good. Uh, so we shook that, not a big deal. Um, and then we have this Adidas project coming, which is really sick, man, because when do you ever release a shoe and you don't have, you don't sell them. You just get to give them out mm -hmm. to your friends, to your customers, to people like you've had, we've been open 15 years basically now. And to, to give something back to everyone that has spent countless paychecks in our store and done things for us, it, it was just a really cool thing. Um, and then we tied in local local um, places, local businesses in the cities we were in, like Merritt Coffee in Dallas and Austin. So we, we gave out to friends and family. And then we had a few pairs set aside to where if, if you would go to Merritt Coffee, purchase something that day, you would have a chance to win these shoes. Um, we did that in every city we were in. Turkey and the Wolf is a cool restaurant, a friend of ours that um, we did it with in New Orleans. If you went purchase um, a sandwich or something that day, you had a chance to get them. And, and it was just really cool to give out a shoe, especially in this year where, dude, it's been tough, man, for everyone. And to give something back, just a gift like, hey, we're not asking for anything just here. This is cool. Numbered them, one of 500, only made 500 pair. And, and to give those away was a really cool thing. Absolutely. So cool, too, Thank because you. you guys were the lead on the whole forum revival, right? You and I were texting about this, Derek, but you, you kind of got to start that. I think we did a good job, man, which I think. I, I mean, yeah. our content was yeah. awesome, man. I enjoyed that week. Um, my content guys killed it. Like, pictures, videos, everything. The they actually also, made... Sorry, I got to interrupt you. The content from Sneaker Politics... Sneaker Politics really changed the, the sneaker photography game. The, mm. the images... Who's the photographer who was doing the images for you guys early on? We got to shout them out by name. Dustin Guidry and is still doing images, still does everything. For you have me. sold so many sneakers because of how good you guys were able to make them look. Derek, I feel like you understood that really early on. You know, people can talk about you in meetings about they're they're in the bayou, they're in this place where nobody is, but you guys figured out that digital thing because of how important it was to make sneakers look good on the internet. It was a huge deal, man. And and early on, so we had an Instagram early on. We had Facebook before that. We had MySpace before that, and I was taking the photos. And uh, Dustin would come around the store all the time. And he's like, man, I just, I just want to work here. Like, mm -hmm. 
whatever it is. I just want to work here. The store's cool. I'm in college. Like, what can I do? I'm like, sure, man, I'll put you on. Um, and he was just working on the sales floor, but he'd always watch me take photos. And he's like, yo, let me try. Let me try. Um, anything Dustin gets into, he wants to be the best at. Like, uh, he was riding bikes and all of a sudden he gets the best bike ever, Bianca, and like, he's awesome. He was playing paintball and he becomes a professional paintball player and tours to Vegas and doing everything. So whatever he gets into and puts his mind to, he wants to be the best at it. So he finally takes a camera that day, takes a few photos, and then that was it. Every time I'd look at him, he's on his computer trying to Google things, trying to figure out how to adjust the lighting, aperture, things I don't I have no clue about. But he figures it out, starts taking good photos, and then we start seeing the impact of that. Um, couldn't sell shoes online at that point, but blogs would pick up our photos and our phones would ring all day long. Doing phone orders was the most miserable thing ever. But at that point, like to sell a shoe, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. So we would we would basically have someone on the clock that day just doing phone orders. Like, I mean, hey, yeah, credit card. Yep, got you. Address. Like we're writing everything out. It's like 10 minutes to do a phone order. And uh, we would do it. But it, it was all because we were seeing the traffic come. Sneaker News, Soul Collector, uh, Hypebeast would post our photos and immediately we would get like, yo, what, what's this? Call him. Uh, Louisiana shop got him down south. Uh, no one's going there. We could get him there. And uh, it became a huge deal for us, man. And then Dustin graduates from college and he's like, he has an engineering degree, which in Louisiana, like out the gate, that's a hundred grand a year, like with an engineering degree. And in Louisiana, a hundred grand a year is a lot. Like it goes far. Um, so he asked me, Hey, can you keep me on? I said, yeah, no way, man. I said, dude, go do your thing. Like, you're going to do great things. Like, I'm so proud of you. He said, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Like, man, let's, let's figure something out. I'm like, well, dude, we have to figure out how we can make more money for you to stay on. He's like, yo, what about a web? Like, what about if we like take our website more serious? Like right now we just selling like fly society and jets gear. Like, Mm. can we, can we like make it more like we could sell Reeboks online. We could sell this online. I was like, all right, yeah, let's try. And uh, we went through that journey together, man. And it panned out awesome. And thank God, fast forward to 2020, without a website this year, man, it would have been a hard year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, seems like it's, you know, it's all working out. A a great journey that, uh, like I said in the intro, man, like resiliency and and, uh, congrats to you and the the whole team. And uh, it was great chopping it up with you. Anything that we can look forward to that you want to talk before we go? Man, hard to talk about projects right now because so many are getting canceled with this COVID thing. But we definitely have some cool things in the works. Um, we're getting better with every release, so that's exciting. And uh, we're, we're trying to do more cutting, so we're trying to do more things. And I don't know, man, we're not going to stop. We enjoy what we're doing, so we're going to keep we're going to keep growing and running as long as everyone uh, is here for us. We're here for them. We'll ask well, Dion what you're up to. Yeah. He'll leak it to us. <laughs> <laughs> he might. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, man. Congratulations yeah. on everything. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, hope hopefully we, uh, we're we either at it, Sneaker Shopping with Zion or maybe us four at the Jordan party next year, you know? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm with both of those events, man. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. This has been a lot. Appreciate Absolutely, it, Derek. Derek. Thank you. Thanks, cool. Derek. Yep. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by William Smith. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 